sales, inbound, outbound, and all around. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrap SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode. From Aaron Wykey of GatherUp and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And this week we are talking sales. But beforehand, let's kind of catch up on uh, the last couple of weeks. This, you know, We went from a, a month in between almost our last episodes to now just a, a matter of less than two weeks. So that's good that we're getting back to our tighter cycle. But uh, what's new uh, fr- from your side uh, of North uh, Canada border? Yeah, it feels like I just talked to you. I, I saw this on my calendar today. I was like, wow, look at, <laughs> look at us talking again so soon. <laughs> Uh, let's see what's new in the world of White Spark and Darren Shaw. Well, we launched a new service. I think I mentioned it on the last podcast called our local search service, which uh, I was so pumped about. And now we're going to trash that service and <laughs> make a completely different service. The whole point of the service was I was excited to build something around Google My Business Management. So the whole local search ranking factor survey really pumped a lot of these new features in Google My Business and how these are great ways to drive conversions, this whole concept of Google as your new homepage. And so I, I was really excited. It's like, we need a good service for this. And so we built it. And then I, like I always do, kept bolting things onto it. Well, what if it did this? And it could also do this. And so it just really expanded into a full SEO service, which is, okay, Google My Business Management, plus your citations, your reviews, your uh, website, even some link recommendations. And it's just like, now we're not differentiated at all. We're just like another SEO service. And so I've decided to strip it back to what its core message was supposed to be. It's I want to reposition it as specifically around Google My Business, where that's all we do. So we will find duplicates, fix duplicates, make sure your GMB listing is perfected and regularly keep it up to date, adding new photos, adding posts, managing your Q&A, helping you with reviews, just that whole concept of Google as your new homepage, we're completely focused on that. And we're focused more on conversions from GMB, improving your views and conversions rather than rankings by like the whole local search picture. So I think it's a much better uh, pivot and it will be better for the service and better for scaling it too. It's this much simpler offering, right? You know, yeah. you'll, you launch an SEO service and you get like a million questions about what should I do with schema on my website? You know, it's just like the service becomes so much more complicated. Whereas when we scale it back to strictly these things, we can become subject matter experts on that. And it really makes it easier to scale and manage. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be a good move. There's so many variables when you get into the full-blown service side of things. Yeah, what, um, definitely. What from how your customers were interacting with it or lack of interaction kind of gave you a signal like, this isn't perfect. What do we need to do? Yeah, so a lot of questions about rankings. Like, how soon will I be ranking? All that stuff. And every time those questions come in, we're just like, we shake our heads and we're like, oh boy, 
I don't know, is this the right direction? And then pricing as well. Like, it's like we didn't get a huge pickup from it. We definitely uh, got a decent amount of clients that after we promoted it. But I think it's a bit expensive. People are like three ninety nine, and it's like not a full agency service. Why would I choose this over like the million other things, right? Whereas when I scale it back, it's going to be at a much nicer price point. Plus the why would I choose this? We can answer that so obviously, and so I, I think it'll be much better that way. So it's it's simpler. It's a, it's a better price, and it we don't have to worry about rankings. I really like. I also extract from what you shared with this, like the uh, local search ranking factors report, like helped influence a product idea for you. And then you put, then you put that, you know, you saw that, Hey, this is uh, growing in importance and, and carrying a lot of weight. And so you put something out for it and then you realized you went too heavy into it in one side and, and now you're scaling back. It's just kind of an interesting cycle for me on, you know, where, where ideas uh, come from and then how you meet them. And then, you know, then how do you like quickly adjust and pivot if you know it's not, not the right fit is really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I think we're adjusting and pivoting quick enough. And if you talk to uh, my software development team, they will say that I, I do this all the time. It's like I get excited <laughs> about something and I, I just keep adding. It's like it could do this and it can also do this and it's going to be the ultimate magical, amazing thing. And I, I make it too big <laughs> and I make it too complicated. And so I, I'm really working on scaling things back to uh, like the core offering. What is the core offering? What is the core differentiator? And why would someone pick this specific thing? You know, yeah. and so really trying to dial in on that. I don't think you're alone in that, Darren. We we struggle with that too with features a lot of times. I have gotten better at it. I actually will push our product team a lot of times and and just say like what is, you know, in the world of good, better, best? How do we have a better version instead of this immaculate conception of the feature that has everything you'd ever need and every way to customize it and, right. and all of those pieces that then takes you forever to roll it out and so many other things you know that that complicate it for sure and there's a place for that in the industry like if you look at software like salesforce or hubspot like these things are massive and they do try to do everything and they're they're very successful but i think for a smaller industry you're not going to go and compete with them you're better off to try and build something that has a very clear differentiating factor this is the one thing we do better for this specific use case and that's that's what you can sell yeah so important yep so yeah, what about you? What's up with you? You uh, you've been traveling for a long time. Yeah, I I've been living out of a suitcase. Yeah. Uh, I am about ready to at least get a little bit of a reprieve next week. I have a speaking engagement that's just a you know two two day two night away. But I have basically yep. been on planes for six straight weeks. Sometimes just. Oh, for a, a day trip. Sometimes as long as you know. La- last week it was. Uh, three different cities over, over seven days. So it, it is a lot. It's been really hard to find desk time to get other things accomplished and keep things moving. But, you know, on the plus side, we're at a couple, we're speaking events, uh, but then others were face-to-face meetings with, with customers. Um, one of the things that was really important to me when I took over as CEO was uh, getting out from behind the desk and going to meet some of our great customers in person that we don't have a deep relationship with and, and trying to make that deeper. Yep. And 
That's interesting. Yeah. That really rolls into sales too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's been really fun to, to do that, to, you know, see how they operate, to give them a peek at our, our roadmap and, and what we have coming up and just to, to build rapport and, and be more of a partner instead of just, you know, the, a business relationship with it. Uh, so I, I've done a majority of those. Mike Blumenthal has uh, knocked out a, a couple as well, but um, it's allowed us to go from, you know, seeing a few of our customers at conferences to getting in front of some uh, that we never ever would unless we went to Salt Lake City to see them or Charlotte to see them or, or Montreal to right. see them, you know, whatever that might be. So I, I'm I'm really proud that we've done that. And it's it's been great. And even, even to post pictures in Slack of, you know, who we work with and bring faces to the people that our, our support team deals with and, you know, dev team build stuff for and whatever else has, has been really kind of rewarding all across the board. Okay, cool. I got some questions about this. What is the uh, sort of threshold for this client is spending enough to warrant me getting on a plane and going to see them? Like, like how do you determine which which of your customers get this royal treatment and which don't? What's the sort of cutoff? I'm curious. Like number of locations being managed or something? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that I guess that's kind of really interesting. Dollar volume is definitely part of it to a certain extent. For like agencies and, and resellers uh, for our white label product, we're we're basically looking at like who's who's our top 10 and we see how important they are to us most of them are you know very long term and have you know notched up a, a number of locations yeah when are you coming to edmonton are you flying out here or are you coming to edmonton to take i will come dinner? see you <laughs> I, I feel like we already have a good relationship but if you need that i'm i'm all in <laughs> no matt we're gonna hang out so much at moscow you don't have to fly to edmonton all right cool <laughs> we'll make that happen dinner on me in seattle for sure in july sure. um so on that side yeah that's pretty straightforward you know multi-locations it it can be a, a little bit different. I mean, sometimes it's just demanded as part of like the sales process. It might be part of an RFP to meet them in person. It might be part of onboarding um, uh, as you get close to a renewal or, or just based on, on the relationship and strategically how you see it evolving. So uh, on that side, it's definitely a little more common and probably less of a, you know, you're a top tier or whatever else there. It's just more of like, we want to get that FaceTime with you. If your business is succeeding, you're likely adding or opening more locations to what you're doing. That's more business uh, mm -hmm. for us. We want to make sure we're in lockstep with you and that you have good vision into where we continue to go. So there it's a, it's a little bit uh, uh, murkier, but you know, even I think it's even more important in that area of our business to to be ma making face to face time. Really interesting. And then, like, what does what does this visit look like? Do you go for lunch? Do you sit down at their desk and like look through the software and give them a little training, sort of address some of the the problems they've been having? What do you do at at one of these in person meetings? Yeah, so it's very like I, I just call it like show and tell from both sides. So usually going in and trying to spend anywhere from, you know, two to six hours together, dividing that up between like, you know, hey, you know, one, we're super appreciative. Here's some of the things we've seen with the growth of your business and, and what you're doing. Uh, 
talk to me about what you love. Tell me, you know, what's uh, frustrating or what's an idea or what's something that, you know, would make your life easier. Um, then we might jump into the platform and they might outline some of those things and take a look at it. Um, then, yeah, you know, gra grabbing lunch or a dinner together and just talking philosophy on it. Also getting to know them as a person. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, really, really important there. And then, yeah, as I shared, giving them a visual to like, hey, here's what's next for us in 2019, right? This is what we have mm -hmm. mapped out. This is what I think would be of interest to you. Here's a couple of things I've seen in your account that would be helpful to pay attention to or a feature to leverage further or something you might want to test. Yep. Nice. I think that's a great idea. I would love to to get into doing some of that as well in the not too distant future. I feel like we're so scattered with many different products and services that uh, once we kind of get everything organized and more platformatized, then that kind of stuff will make more sense for me. Yep. Right now, it's just it's so all over the place. Yep. Totally get it. All right. Well, that sounds awesome. Um, so sales, you want to talk about some sales stuff? Let's talk sales. I would like to talk sales. Um, it's something we've been thinking about a lot here, thinking about our customer service, like all the leads that come in, they come in through our support channel, right? Yep. And so we're working on trying to figure out, you know, how do we segment these uh, requests and then how do we identify their need from the request and then direct them to the right sort of solution that we have. I think it might be a bit simpler for you because you've got this one platform and you can direct them to the different plan. But man, we have so many different things. Some people need this and some people need that. And so, you know, I feel like we miss it sometimes. You know, a, a customer comes in and they have a request and we could have suggested our, you know, local search service or our, we, we, a benefit for them might actually be our local search audit service, or maybe they just need citations. And I feel like we miss it sometimes. And I also think we complicate it sometimes because we do have so many things. So yeah. we're really trying to work on processes there and identifying um, what is the best fit for this customer and then working on our emails and our response rates and and also trying to decide like who do we get on the phone with, right? So sometimes we'll just respond via email. Sometimes we'll respond and say, hey, well, let's have a call and talk about it. And so obviously that call will, would be much more likely to close, but then you don't want to have a call with everybody. So we're, we're working on those processes right now. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys probably like us at, at this stage and we are in a little bit of a transition, but, you know, 99% of things are greater. It's, it's all inbound for you, right? Yeah. And then once that comes in, you guys don't have a formalized like, okay, you know, we want to do a demo or we want to forward them to a recording of this. It's just kind of like, here's my initial questions, why I'm, I'm reaching out. And you guys try to answer that and then push them in a direction or prescribe a product that meets their pain. Like, what does that look like? Uh, the first thing we want to do is understand their needs. And so we will start asking them questions. So sometimes it makes more sense to just get on the call with them and ask them questions. But um, we'll generally, if it's not clear what, like what they're looking for, then we'll start asking them, like, wh who, what is the current solution you're using? What are the troubles you're having with it? Um, you know, and then we'll try to set up a demo. But we also... We're a little conservative with suggesting demos too because we only have a limited support team, right? They can't be, we don't have someone dedicated to be doing demos all the time. And so most of the demos we do are people that say, hey, we want to check out your platform. Can we schedule a demo? So it's usually they will ask for the demo, but occasionally we'll suggest it where 
uh, the client looks big enough too, right? Yep. So if it's, a, if it's a small business um, that wants to sign up for our $20 a month local citation finder, we don't usually come out of the gate suggesting that we go on a one hour call with them. Yep. Yeah. What, what we do with those is we kind of, we invite them into, we have like two or three set times each week where we do a high level 101 demo. So yep. then we can get, you know, five SMBs, 10 SMBs, 15 SMBs all into the, the same demo. So it's, you know, it's not personalized, but it shows them. Smart. Yeah. It shows them very high level what the product's about, whatever else. And, and then it'll cause them to them reach out afterwards um, because we had, you know, early on, we would do one-to-one demos all the time. And then we finally grew to the point where, yeah, we have too many leads and not enough team to be doing one-to-ones for a $40 a month customer. Um, so yeah. then we just went to, let's set these, you know, and I can't even remember what it is anymore, but it's at least twice a week. And so we say like, great, here's our two demos this week. Um, go ahead and sign up for one of these two time slots to learn more about the product. Yep. That's awesome. I love that idea. Yeah. And then on, you know, with multi-locations, those are totally one-to-one demos. Um, and r- right now, the majority of those uh, sit with me, especially if they're like, you know, 25, 50 locations and and up. Um, those yep. all reside within me. And, you know, where, as I mentioned, we are definitely in this transition and we, we, we tried to already start it. Uh, and our initial start to it didn't go, didn't go great, um, mostly because of a bad hire, bad, bad fit to, to start the year, but we are definitely ready to do outbound. I already do outbound. I, I'm looking for companies where I'm like, all right, I know we align with their vision. They're in the right industry as us. I, I, um, I can see from their website, they're not using certain you know features that we have to offer of like a review widget to show off their reviews, or there's not an easy path to leave feedback through their website. Um, so I can make mm-hmm. some high level determinations that they maybe don't have a, a full blown solution, like what we offer. And those I do, do outbound and try to get in front of them and, and set up a, a time to do a demo. But I, I really, by the end of this year, want to have a, a fully functioning sales team that is completely outbound. Crazy. Are you, um, how do you identify the target? So you're like, did you buy a database or are you just browsing around the web thinking about specific business types that are a great fit for your product? And so you're just like looking through the search results and then clicking through and checking out the websites. Like how are you identifying who you would approach in an outbound uh, sales call? Yeah, totally. A, a lot of grassroots research. So knowing the industries we fit well um, and then finding out like what are some of the publications in that industry, right? Like, so one we're really great fit for is like fast casual restaurants. So subscribing to some of like the, the daily and weekly emails of that industry. And then they're talking about here's, you know, up and coming brands. Here's all these things, right? Like all these franchise brands within fast casual that I never knew existed um, and learning who, who they are and then going to uh, take a look at their website, take a look at their makeup and kind of a, you know, four or five point really quick check. Like, okay, I don't see them anywhere saying like, Hey, you know, leave us feedback here and here's an easy way to do it. Or here's our, you know, here's our location pages for each restaurant. Do they, are they displaying any reviews or customer generated content on them? Um, so there's a pretty easy checklist where I can see like, okay, they, they might be monitoring reviews. Uh, they might be doing these other things, but you know, they're, they're missing these other pieces that we bring to the table that we could 
replace what they're doing or be one solution instead of between three or four solutions. Right. Well, that sounds like a really smart approach for you to identify, okay, well, this this is a great, this would be a great client. I want that client. Okay, so now you've done that. How do you find the right person at that company to reach out to? How do you, how do, you do that? Yeah, I, I use LinkedIn heavily to figure out like, okay, who's, you know, marketing is almost always the first inroad for us. Every now and then it will be operations. Um, but I'm going to, I'll try to hit it from a couple of different spots, right? I at least want to get to a director or VP of marketing or of digital, depending upon how their org is set up. Uh, if I can get to a, a, a CMO or a C-level, that's great. But I usually try to find out how that, who that is, uh, you know, then just d- do a little searching, try to dig up their email, you know, try to connect with them on LinkedIn, but also try to source their email so I can directly reach out. A little bit further, put some information in front of them, maybe a case study or, you know, pointing out certain things that I think we could be of help in and, and trying to get them interested in doing just a quick initial call to learn more about, about each side and give them a glimpse into the benefits of our product. And how many of these like cold emails just get completely ignored? Yeah. Um, well, completely ignored is at least like half to 75%. Right. Yeah. That's what I would expect. Actually, if you're getting like 25% response rate, that sounds actually kind of awesome. Yeah. And some of it is even like, Hey, you know, we're good at this time or not interested, or this isn't a, you know, goal for us right now, but it's least I, I know who the contact is. I, I got us in, in front of it. And for me, it's a, you know, it's a weekly thing of, you know, probably, somewhere between five and 10 that I'm, I'm doing every single week. Right. And I I consider it, it's like farming. You plant a bunch of seeds and you you get a few of them to, to pop and, and keep them maturing along to get them to the point where you're having a conversation. Yep. And, uh, have you yet closed a pretty great deal by your outbound sales, uh, work so far? Yes. Yep. Nice. And that is, yeah. And it's a very rewarding thing when those, I mean, any of those, right? It's like we talked about in our last episode, you know, doing our first conference and then we closed a deal from that conference. Like those are such huge wins when it's like, okay, I thought this would work this way. I put in the effort, uh, stuck with it. And then something happened from it that that's such, such a huge win. Yeah. (laughs) It makes, and it makes you hungrier for the next. Like it definitely, I definitely feel, you know, that enthusiasm then where I'm like, now I'm going to, I'm not doing just five this week. I'm doing 20 this week. Like I want to find more people. So it's a great motivator. Right. And then you know what the, the conversion rate is. And so you're like, well, if I could scale this to 200 emails a week, we could be closing like five (laughs) awesome new clients every week. And so, um, speaking of that, obviously you can't do it all forever. You've got a whole company to run. So hiring for sales, this is something I have always wondered about. And I'm trying to figure out like one thing that really bothers me with sales jobs is this concept that you hire someone for sales and they, through the ability to make commission, you can have a salesperson making three, four times as much as anyone else in the company, just totally raking it in and it bugs me because the amount of effort they're putting in isn't four times the amount of like your developers for example like it's almost like when i was a server um you know the front of the house the waiters would walk out of the restaurant with 300 bucks in their pocket after a busy saturday night but the guys in the back were making minimum wage right and and so it kind of feels like that concept to me and uh when i 
think about hiring for sales and I think about the sales positions, the people that are good at sales really are expecting this, this massive commission type job. And if I was going to hire, I'd be like, no, we don't do that. This is your salary that you get a salary for this job. Like, how do you feel about that? What do you, how do you plan to hire for sales? I feel the opposite of it. Really? I look at for, yeah, for, I mean, what they're going to create, I, I'm fully on board with rewarding them for what that is because they're only going to make those fantastic numbers if they are selling fantastic numbers, right? So um, if uh, just to throw out random numbers, like based on salary and commission, if you're going to make $250,000 uh, annually, that means you are possibly bringing in $2 million in new business into our business. And to me, that's, that's a complete win-win because um, doing, doing that cycle and especially if you're creating your, your own leads and finding those right and having high-level conversations with some of the things that I talked about at, at, at VP or C levels yep. um, and locking them into two-year deals, like those are, those are so extremely important to your business. And I totally get, you know, the differentiation between, you know, front of the house and, and back of the house. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I know everyone has this dream of like something so great that everybody just tells everybody to use it, right? Like the, the product is the, the sell. But I, I really think for the, for the vast majority, that's not the case. You can have the greatest thing. And if you don't sell it right yeah. to the right person at the right time with the right message, you can have the greatest product that just goes unused, dies, whatever. I, I, I see it all the time. So yeah. I, I see sales, especially in today's market, it is so competitive. For every, for every like one slack that you have that people love to use and it spreads like wildfire and everybody talks about it and everybody using whatever else, you have millions of other software products that are, are good, if not great, but to get in front of somebody in such a competitive landscape with so many options and so many choices, if you're not selling it um, and marketing it, you're, you're never going to get there. I hear you. And I get that. Like a really good salesperson can generate massive revenue for a business. And, you know, you would think, yeah, great. We should compensate them. And the, the commission structure should allow them and in, motivate and encourage them to do that awesome job at sales. I totally get that. But I also think you can have a UX designer that fixes something in your software proactively, like not, not prompted to do this, notices something in the software, um, reconceptualizes how this feature should work. Then the developers build it and they make it even better. They tweak it a bit more. And these changes that they make to your software system uh, totally fix your retention problem. You were churning out like almost as many as were coming in. You fixed this. Now your retention is amazing. And over the course of two years, this one change generated millions of dollars for your company. And then that those people that were responsible, that were behind those, those uh, innovations, don't get the massive payout that a salesperson does. And that's where I find it. I just find it frustrating how sales is, is the, the one position in a company where that person gets the opportunity to make so much money. Yeah. But I, I, 
I would say there, then why don't you solve that if that happens in your company? Why wouldn't you go to that UX designer and be like, you know what? Here's the bonus you're getting this year because this is how you impacted the bottom line. So either in a in a raise, you're now you're worth this much more to us because these are the kind of things that happen. So I totally think that can be, you know, that can be addressed and can be dealt with. It might not be as easy because it's directly sales is directly generating dollars, yeah. right? Right, right, right in front of you, where some of those other things now in today's day and age, yes, you can track some of the impact. You can track how something, you know, has impacted churn and, and, and done whatever else, but you can find ways to pass that compensation along to them. It just in sales, it's always just been out there so long. And to me that, you know, the whole structure of things with commission was just created to, to separate those because there is such a massive difference between um, an okay salesperson and an amazing salesperson. I mean, the yep. difference is incredible, sure. like nothing else. Yep. So, yeah. Okay. So are you like, do you have a job posting out there? Are you you're trying to build up a sales team or not quite yet? So the easiest way we, we, we hired somebody at the end of 2018 and I mean, the, easy, the easiest way to put it here, here was my big takeaway from it. It, it. Within about 90 days, it it was like your local search service. It was a fail. We, need to, we needed to move on from it. <laughs> and the biggest thing that I saw missing is like, um, I, I really realized that to sell our product, you have to be very uh, more of an education-based seller than anything else because there's so many nooks and crannies to dig into and you really have to understand, you know, you're teaching them about best practices in customer feedback and in customer experience and in online reviews and in SEO. Um, that if you if you don't care to dig into those or understand those, your pitch and your conversation with that customer will fall very, very flat. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really what I we saw with this person is like they couldn't, take the uptake. They didn't have the the passion and the desire to really learn that to turn into an education-based seller where like that's that's my natural position. I will teach you everything I know and I have a good feeling that that's going to build value and and you then wanting to use our product to reach those benefits and to unlock them. Uh, and, and I'd say that's true across, you know, multiple people in in our organization. So we did that ended up, you know, not working, nothing was really being generated, yep. you know, par- parted, parted ways. Um, I uh, went down, um, had interviewed someone else and basically last minute she took a job with another company. Um, right. and that, that really stunk cause I felt like she was a great fit. Like I was mm-hmm. meeting with her it, in person. I'd worked into my travel schedule to meet her in person while I was out on the road. Yeah. And like, you know, the the last minute, 23rd hour, you know, rug got pulled out and that that stunk. And yeah, I need I need to get after that. I've I've continued to do some interviewing, but I've been less about posting because we already did that, went through all that, you know, that that's very time consuming. I've really been trying to like almost recruit, right? Where I'm looking for, I know what the right fit. Here's what I want to see and experience and background. I want to have some conversations and I want to see what they're about and would they be the right next fit for us? I really find the hiring process tedious. It's so hard to put a job posting out there, look through a hundred applications, narrow it down to 10, filter those out with your team, then meet with four people and try to make a decision. That stuff I find very frustrating. And I do think a more 
proactive approach where you identify the person you want and then you, you try to find that person and you just reach out to them, whether they're currently employed or not. It's yep. generally a way to find much more talented people. Yep. And especially when you get into, you know, I, I would like for this first hire in this to be someone who could also then I could turn it over to them after a few months to them to build the team, right? And it, Exactly. That's exactly yeah, who you want. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm really hoping for this. I mean, a, a lot of my first year and a half as being CEO has been getting the right, right? I, I hired a CFO that I had worked with before. She's incredible and like completely takes that part of the business off my plate and makes me better and yep. allows me to put my time into where I need to. I hired my former creative director to all oversee all of our, you know, visual design and all that elements, takes that off my plate and raises the quality of our product. Um, I just recruited a, you know, another person I'd known for a long time who's now come in as our VP of customer success, and he's helping us, you know, take our offering there to to a whole new level. So, totally, totally agree agree with those. Um, I've just I've run into some brick walls where you know some of the salespeople I've worked with in the past they've forwarded their career and now they're you know sitting high up at Twilio or another sales org where I can't afford them anymore. Yeah. Right. And that's a total bummer. It's like, yeah. oh, that person would be great, but they have, you know, vesting with uh, some other startup that they're locked in there. They're doing well, they're crushing it there and I can't compete. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So what are you, what's your approach? You don't have anyone in mind. You're just, are you going to just filter through LinkedIn profiles and try to find somebody? I've pretty much on a weekly basis either been reaching out to people, um, reaching out to some of my contacts, asking, you know, do you know anyone? Is there anyone you can put in front of me? And all those kind of, you know, they kick up starts of conversations and email exchanges and and things like that. Um, I, I will have to, you know, my head has been, like I said, literally in the clouds with all of the travel and everything else. Um, mm-hmm. But this will be like the the burning thing I have uh, coming up here, you know, as we wrap up May, we have a, a big feature launching that is going to be really important and awesome for us. And then, you know, finding this so I can get something going by Q3 with this is an absolute must. I'm going to have to put more effort into it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's it is an amazing thing. Like when you can dial in sales, how it can totally put your business on a rocket ship. And so I understand the desire and the need to get that up and running as soon as possible. Yeah, because we're seeing, I mean, when I first came on and I was, you know, spent at least 50% of my time in in sales easily, if not more, we still had some like gaps in our product for multi-locations and, you know, not the perfect fit. And we lost a few really, you know, big that would have been great opportunities um, because we were just too far apart. And then, you know, we closed that gap. Then we landed a few customers that help us close the gap even more. And now like, you know, we, we win. I feel like we're close to winning about, you know, 50% of the deals that we like get to the point where we're exchanging paper with them in, in, Uh in a statement of work. And so with that, I, I'm totally at the point where like we just need to have more of these conversations, right? And we're using marketing to help that with some by doing conferences and trying to be more visible with our brand and, and getting out there. Um, but the other side is by doing outbound sales and by reaching out and you know sticking our nose uh, into some things and making new connections yep. and all those other pieces. So 
it's, it's definitely time because I have the utmost confidence that if we get those conversations going, we are going to get them to the finish line based on what we see happening and just even the better things that, you know, we have coming up in the very short term with our product. Sounds awesome, man. You guys are really in a good position right now. And I'm excited to watch you grow over the next, uh, you know, two, three, five years. It's going to be amazing. Even one year, really. It's going to be awesome. Well, I hope you're correct. As as you know how it goes, Darren, one minute I feel on top of the world and the next minute I feel like the world is standing on top of me. So <laughs> yeah, I know. That's that's the uh the reality of running a business. It totally is. What are what are some next steps you feel like you need to take in in your it sounds like you need to get into more of a, you know, consultative selling process and, and just getting more of a, a process down that you know you can work people through instead of just field response as it comes in. Yeah, for me, I find it hard to like you mentioned earlier, like fifty percent of sales, right? Like your or fifty percent of your time is put towards sales. And sales is a really time consuming uh task. So right now I am also in that position. So anything that's sort of multi-location enterprisey, I talk to them, I put proposals together, I'm writing statements of work, I'm following up and and I just feel like I'm not the best person for that. So I would like to also by the end of the year have someone dedicated to managing sales. Uh, my wife's actually a very uh, fantastic sales person, like an award-winning sales rep in her previous job. And so I'd like to get her more involved in sales with the company and streamlining our inbound. I don't think we're ready for outbound yet. Um, once we have our full platform launched, I think then we're maybe getting into some outbound and we'll be in a similar position to you where we have a very competitive product and we can be winning all of them. And then at that point, outbound makes more sense. But right now we're still just trying to dial in our inbound. And I, I personally dropped the ball a few times here and there where I didn't get back to that person soon enough or whatever. And it's just hard for me to manage it all. So I would like to get a person in place to handle all the inbound in, within, within 2019. Yep. No, I think you'll see some big, big gains when you do that, right? Just by building a little bit of process and some redundancies and, and just looking at like how, you know, how, how can we message and communicate with these interested parties as much as possible, as quickly as possible when, when their interest is very high and yep. then, then get into the weeds and, and the details after that. But let's, let's build some momentum with them understanding big picture, how we can, you know, really help and what we have to offer, what, what are our benefits? And then we can pare down because then those last questions are just kind of like, okay, I'm excited, whatever else, like here's, here's the I to dot and the T to cross. And then we're going to start up with you instead of everything hinging upon how you answer those questions. Right, right. Yeah. So anyways, we're still working on that. I think uh, really understanding the customer that comes in is a big part of it and asking the right questions um, to let them know that we've taken the time to understand their needs. And then we're offering the solution that is the best fit to their needs. That's when I find I really close the best. So working on yep. that process and making sure that that's communicated down to our support team is probably top of our sort of sales priority right now. Yep. Now, that's such a good thing to point out. I mean, it really is all about asking the right questions in the sales process. Um, more than anything, uh, more than any great thing you're going to say, if you're not connecting with 
what they really feel like their their need is or what they're looking for or anything else, you, you often miss the the mark with that. So that I, I think that's just a fantastic point for people to understand is like know know the three to five questions that you really need to get answered to be able to tailor your sales pitch and your messaging to that customer, to that prospect. Totally. And I do have a bit of a template now that I use. Um, one of the metrics I always kind of look at after I have a sales call is we use Uber Conference for all of our sales calls. And at the end, I get this email that shows you how much time you spent talking versus the other person spent talking. And I always <laughs> want that weighted much further to them. The worst thing that can ever happen is that you, like from a person trying to buy something, when I get on a sales call with somebody and they're like, blah, 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 to the point where I tune out and they're talking about all about how awesome they are and all their awesome products and what it can do for them. That I think is a really terrible, wrong approach for a, an initial sales call. I want like 70% of the talking to be done by the prospect where they're explaining it to me. I'm listening, I'm taking it in. And then I have the opportunity to reflect back to them what their struggles are, what their frustrations are and how our solution will meet those specific needs, but you've got to spend the time to really listen to them before you can uh, present that. All right. You're pointing out some things I need, I need to work on. I, w I don't think I would want to see my timing as far as how much I talked and how we, how we do our demos. I need, I need to give the prospect more of a voice. So I'm taking that down as a to-do. A demo is, is supposed to be you showing the product. So it's understandable that you would have more talking time on that one. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I need I need to leave more openings uh, for them to ask questions and go further. So possibly, yeah. There's probably an opportunity there to really, um, you know, probing questions. So you could look at your demo process and say, what are some opportunities for probing questions that would help direct yep. the demo? Uh, that could, yep. there could be an opportunity nope, there. You're absolutely correct. One one thing that I found really helpful, and I created this when. We are kind of going through here. Here's it. Sometimes you get benefits out of struggles. And when I was struggling with this outbound sales hire, I kind of put together like, here's our five phases of selling our product. And in each phase, here's what you need to ask and find out. Here's an, a deliverable that you need to give them after, after that step. And here's what the, you know, the expectation should be for the next step with it. Um, and that has really served yep. as a great piece where now I'm like, all right, th this is awesome. We have a great playbook for interacting that obviously when somebody comes in, they'll, they'll kind of make it their own. Um, but we really have the groundwork yeah. set with what that sales conversation uh, should look like. And that, that was one of like the, you know, in any failure, there's great things that come out of it. That was definitely a, a very beneficial thing because it really allowed me to granularly focus on the sales process and what we needed to do to achieve success because we weren't getting it. So cool. That's exactly what we're trying to do right now. I would love to see your playbook if you don't mind sharing yeah. it. No, I'll send, I'll send it's a one sheeter. I'll send it over to you. Nice. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, I think uh, that that puts a wrap on for this session. Talking sales, we could probably go down about you know two or three other paths. I, I'm I'm guessing yeah. this will probably reemerge as a topic for us as we continue to go on, and also you know provide some updates with where things things are. Hopefully, later in the year we can do a a session where I talk about how how to build a great outbound sales team because I have one then. <laughs> right. You, you can tell everybody how to, how to do it. Yeah. And you can do how to build a great inside sales process because you'll have done yep. it by then. 
I'll, I'll basically just read. I'll, I'll start from the top of your playbook and read it, and uh, that'll be my my contribution to the podcast. <laughs> Perfect. Um, w- one last question before we wrap up: Have you dumped any beverages on your computer in the last couple weeks? <laughs> no, not not yet. I basically keep my laptop in a Ziploc bag at all times now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like in a like a incubator you'd see in a NICU where you have to like reach through with gloves to type exactly. on the computer. <laughs> it's the only way I can have any kind of uh, peace while I work on my laptop. Oh, if man. If drinks anywhere near it, yeah. I have to, have to get away. I can only imagine you're a little bit scarred from that. <laughs> totally. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Darren. Uh, another fantastic episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, hopefully, you are subscribing to us on whatever your favorite uh, podcast player of choice is. Feel free to leave us a, a review out in iTunes. Thanks for those that have left us a rating, but you know we'd love to see that. And as always, hit up Darner or I on Twitter if you have a, a question or a topic you'd like us to cover on a, on a future episode. We'd be happy to do so. Yep. Thanks, Aaron. It was a great chat as always. And uh, thanks to all the listeners. And I guess we'll talk to you next time. All right. Talk to you next time. See you, everybody. Okay. Bye.